I think I could maybe describe it as uh, an outer space adult SpongeBob. <laughs> That's so awesome. Chris Piasek is an illustrator with a very particular style. I guess I don't know how to describe it because, like, if I say, like, loose and playful, then it's like, uh, <laughs> it's like loose and playful, but it's also kind of weird and a little. Yeah, it's, I don't really know how to describe it. It's weird. Bright contrasting colors and shapes and lettering always seem to be moving somehow. And a touch of darkness is mixed in with the playfulness, like a bunch of graffiti on a wall, but done inside of a carnival funhouse. Chris may struggle a bit to describe that style of his, but one thing he doesn't struggle with is shipping his work. He publishes one new drawing every single weekday. How long have you been doing that now? Uh, I started at the end of 2007, so... And it's been yeah. unbroken since then? Yeah, unbroken. I haven't, oh I haven't stopped. Yeah. There's this phrase that we hear an awful lot in our line of work as content marketers, especially when we love to create the content. Just ship it. But does that phrase help or hurt your cause when you're driven to be exceptional? Just ship it already. Why don't you? Or why should you? Just ship it. Ah, this one has that distinct smell of existential crisis all over it. I'm Jay Akunzo, and I'm sick of average content marketing. I believe there's something more to this work that we do. Every week, I go exploring deep inside a topic that we care about to learn how great creators become the exception to all the conventional thinking. It's unthinkable. As a designer, how do you interpret that phrase if you hear someone say, just ship it? I think I would interpret that as not just overthinking everything and putting out content as opposed to just waiting for the perfect thing to be finished. You, you can always make new things and um, you know create something new tomorrow, but if you just keep waiting and waiting for the best thing to happen, you'll, you'll never put anything out there. And why do you create a drawing every single day? Like what's the purpose for your craft or your career? So the way my, my brain works is I usually have to trick it into doing things. And then if I had this rule, I could hold myself accountable. Because if I was just like, oh, I need to start drawing more, you know, it wasn't going to happen. So I needed some sort of parameters to, to make sure it did. That trick seems to have worked. Today, Chris is a thriving freelance illustrator. All the while, he's kept that weekday drawing streak going. Somehow. I can't even remember to make myself a necessary cup of coffee every morning at the same time, let alone <laughs> produce a piece of content every, every weekday for that many years. Can you remember any dailies that were super last minute? Like, can you recount any examples? It'd probably be easier to remember ones that weren't super last minute. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> so so usually... why go through that then? If everything feels so last minute, like, are you actually, are you gaining or are you losing years off your life here? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really enjoy doing them, but I, I, tend to do them last for some reason it's always been like the last thing I do in the day and I really enjoy it when I'm like working on it and I have an idea the times that like kind of bugs me or stresses me out is if I don't have an idea and I'm always trying to do something that's like you know that I feel good about so every now and then if I don't have a solid idea I get a little flustered but it always works out (laughs) 
this is what I'm struggling with. Whether you're a designer, a writer, a podcaster, it doesn't matter. So many creators get really precious. And the intent is often good because you want to do something really great in the world. But like, what was it about you, your person, your career, your life, something like, why weren't you so petrified of that, that you actually can ship something every day? Like, aren't you afraid of the repercussions of putting out one thing a day? Uh, I think it's actually the opposite because if you're super precious and you only put out a few pieces, there's so much more like pressure on each of those pieces to be great. If you're putting out a lot of stuff, it's like, okay, this one's pretty good, but you know, maybe next next Thursdays will be a great one and that one, you know, will kind of pull up the weight of some of the others. Yeah. Yeah. I had a boss who was very, look, you're going to publish five times a week and that's what we're doing and you need to make that happen. That is Andrea Freyrier, an author, speaker, and agile marketing coach. And there were certainly pieces that it hurt me to hit publish. Like I didn't feel like they were as good as they could have been. But having somebody push you can be really useful. Andrea is a prolific writer. She recently launched a new website and wrote a ton for that project. Five days a week for three months, possibly the longest three months of my life. As of March 2017, she also wrote a book about agile marketing. Which I did start to finish in under six months. But despite all that, I turned to Andrea not because it's so easy for her to finish and ship her work, but precisely because it isn't. You know, for me, I don't tend to get stuck during the writing. For me, it's harder to get started. And I think I tend to spend more time than most people on like the pre-writing phase, the research and the outlining so that when it comes time to sit down, I have kind of guideposts set up and the the map is kind of already there for me so that the writing is easier. But um, when I talk to people about it, like the writers that I've trained professionally, they they get bogged down in the research too because they want to read everything. They don't feel like they can speak with authority until they know all the things about a topic, um, which is just another way of kind of mentally procrastinating. Yeah, I feel like that's the cause of a lot of that angst when you hear people debate this phrase or this idea of like kind of get over your need for perfection or something to be completed, and I'm using air quotes, completed, <laughs> and, and just move forward. Is there like a little mental tick you use or is it just about your preparation that you have a framework? Like what helps you in moments where you are struggling because you don't feel like you have everything exactly how you want it? Like how do you get past that feeling? So my kind of journey into the agile way of thinking has helped me with this a lot because people tend to say things like uh, perfect is the enemy of done, which I love because I'm a really big fan of finishing things. But, but, but at the same time, aren't you also like eschewing quality when you say that? Like, isn't it more gray than that? I feel like there's this unnecessary extremism going on with that phrase too. Yes, yes, that's absolutely true. But there is still this commitment to quality. It's, it's make it as good as you can in the time given to you. And then also set aside a moment in the future to come back to it like deliberately revisit what you've done and say, can I make this better? Should I make this better? Like, is it actually worth my time to continue 
coming back to this or is it doing its job, whatever that job might be for that particular piece of content. How have you changed? What's different about you and your skills because you've put in the reps, because you think, you know what, it's fine, I have to ship my work? I'm no longer afraid that people are going to chase me with pitchforks and pointy sticks whenever I publish something that's not perfect (laughs) because amazingly it didn't happen. Um, Shocking. I know, right? You just imagine, because you have such a, a mental voice in your head that says, this isn't perfect, this isn't great, like you could do better. But most people are not that voice. And being able to communicate with your audience is, in my opinion, more important than producing something pristine and amazing. <sighs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know why this phrase just ship it fills me with like like okay so when i worked at google and hubspot and then in venture capital those places were really proud and like wore this phrase just ship it like a badge of honor and the goal was to launch and learn and iterate quickly uh and and i love all that but but then there's this friend of mine who wants to meet with me like seemingly every week to talk about YouTube best practices and how to market yourself on Instagram and you know how to write a great opening line for your show and all this stuff that's like absolute best practices and and the whole time he never winds up shipping like absolutely anything and and I want to scream just just do something just create already just go and I think you know we live in this pithy quote driven era where something like just ship it can become a blunt instrument. You, you can either use it as a badge of honor and be like, this is how I operate, or you can use it as this picture of the enemy. You know, I'm going to spend more time researching and polishing because the rest of the world is just th- throwing my creative craft to the wind or something. I don't know. But, but rarely in this line of work or in life is anything quite so clear cut. And and that's why I love this quote from Ira Glass, the creator and host of This American Life. In this interview he did a while ago, he shared what he believes to be the truth about doing anything creative for a living. All of us who do creative work, like, you know, we get into it. And we get into it because we have good taste. But it's like there's a gap that for the first couple years that you're making stuff, what you're making isn't so good, okay? It's not that great. It's, it's, It's trying to be good. It has ambition to be good, but it's not quite that good. But your taste... The thing that got you into the game, your your taste is still killer. And your taste is good enough that you can tell that what you're making is kind of a disappointment to you. You know what I mean? A lot of people never get past that phase. A lot of people at that point, they quit. And the thing I I would just like say to you with all my heart is that most everybody I know who does interesting creative work, they went through a phase of years where they had really good taste, they could tell what they were making wasn't as good as they wanted it to be. They knew it felt short. It didn't have this special thing that we wanted it to have. And the thing I would say to you is everybody goes through that. And for you to go through it, if you're going through it right now, if you're just getting out of that phase, you got to know it's totally normal. And the most important possible thing you could do is do a lot of work. Do a huge volume of work. Put yourself on a deadline so that every week or every month you know you're going to finish one story. Because it's only by actually going through a volume of work that you're actually going to catch up and close that gap. And your, the work you're making will be as good as your ambitions. Let's go back to Chris Piasek, because Chris started doing creative work for the very same reason that Ira talks about in that quote. 
Chris has good taste, and he just loves to draw. But then he entered the workforce as a designer. After I finished art school and started working as a graphic designer, I realized that the only drawing I was doing was just sketches for projects that I was working on. And um, it like sort of freaked me out because drawing was like this, this outlet for me that I really loved. So that was his plan. Get back to drawing. And he wanted to make it a part of his routine again. You know, aspirational, but simple. Was the point when you started uh, for each daily design to be your best possible work? Like, how were you thinking about, like, where did quality and your own personal pride and sense of taste all fit into this idea of shipping something every single day? How I envisioned it as the beginning was just like a quick sketch in, uh, you know, a sketchbook. And I just, I actually just would do the sketch, take a, f- a picture, and then uh, post it on the internet. Because um, I didn't even consider scanning them back then because I was not that precious with them. They were just like quick little sketches. And I'd probably do them in like, you know, a few minutes back then. Chris realized what Ira Glass believes. The only way to match your creative taste with your actual work is to start making the work. You have to make and make and make and make and make and make. Well, they definitely uh, did not start off as being like the best or super quality. Make and make and make and make. You know, there wasn't, it was just a a pen and ink and a sketchbook at the beginning. So make. And make and make and make a little rougher, and it wasn't. It didn't incorporate all like the bright colors that I that I use in my work currently. Make and make and make and make. They were just like they were more of ideas at the beginning than finished illustrations as they are now. And then uh, I would say right around uh, 2009, things started going poorly for the design studio I was working at. The economy was, you know, in the trash can at that point, and. Uh, it was like that day where you know everyone just got laid off. As for finding another studio job, he thought, "Well, this was what I envisioned as a dream job. I know if I get another studio job, it's not going to be anywhere near this, and I know what it's like to get hired for illustration. So I decided to, you know, see if I could make it work on my own." And Chris was hooked on being a full-time illustrator. It's so amazing. I love it so much. But like, it happened organically. After about a year of doing the daily drawings, I would I got a, a random commission for an illustration based on my daily drawings, and I just thought it was a fluke. And then it happened again and again. He's worked with brands like McDonald's, Converse, and Nickelodeon, and he even published a couple of books, a couple collections of his artwork. I decided I needed to take them to a, a, a more of a finished level for each one. And steadily over time, he decided to up his drawing game every single day. Bright, loud letters with jet black shadows that make them leap off the screen. Clown-like faces of politicians with vibrating words around them. Ugh. And my favorite, a lot warmer and fuzzier and more my speed, rally cries of hope and love and togetherness drawn into shapes that melt into each other. From quick daily sketches just to get them done to masterful works of art published every weekday, Chris has come a long way. I I honestly did it just to force myself to keep drawing and 
I think maybe part of it was at that point, um, you know, social media was starting to, you know, gain a little bit of traction and it was like, oh, well, I need some content for my, my website, my blog or whatever. And so it was just kind of that, but I never, I never even considered that it would change my career the way it has. And I think, I think that's, a, that's good for me because I think if I did, it probably wouldn't have worked out as well if like that was the plan. You know what I mean? If you care about your craft, if you care about your reputation, if you care about your results, if you care about your audience, if you care, just ship it.